Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hi, I'm Joe Connolly. Today with Faith Lee the owner of an unusual sort of coffee shop in the heart of Midtown Manhattan. And her story shows how many different iterations and niches there can be in almost any industry, including coffee shops, as you will hear. Bird and Branch at 45th and 9th is a specialty coffee shop with a mission to restore the city. And we'll get into that. But first of all, I have to ask you, Faith, how is business in Midtown Manhattan right now? A lot of regulars haven't been in in a while. What's it like there? Um, yeah, it's very different. Um, it, it's kind of scary going in Midtown um, comparing it to what it used to be. It's, it's a little bit of a ghost town. Um, things have picked up a little bit in the last couple months as the weather has been getting better. But um, if you walk around Midtown, it is so different from what it used to be used to be totally bustling with a ton of um, people working in the area, tourists, and all that has kind of gone away, and a lot of businesses haven't really recovered from it. So how are you making it? What are you doing while so many people are still away, Faith? It's been really hard, and we've, uh, we, we talk about pivoting all the time. Um, we've had to pivot several times um, since the pand pandemic started. Um, one way that we have made it work is... Um, we, during the time at the height of the pandemic, around, you know, March, April, May, uh, we actually had to shut the shop down because we just didn't feel like it was safe for our staff to be coming in from other boroughs um, to work, but also just like as a general sort of responsibility, what, what, are, what are we doing for the community? We felt like it wasn't safe to have this place um, open to customers. So we shut it down and we actually asked our customers to participate in a program that we started. We called it uh, Give COVID the Bird. And we, um, our customers were able to purchase breakfasts and we prepared them and delivered them to hospitals around the city. And that actually really helped us um, stay alive during those two months. Because the customers were paying for the donated breakfast. Correct. So many people tell us that, that that early charity work of a sort to help emergency responders really did help their business more than they uh, imagined. How else have you pivoted? Um, we have started serving a lot of things that normal coffee shops won't serve. Uh, we During the summer months, we did shave ice. Um, both me and my husband uh, have like affinity to shave ice. I, I grew up going to Taiwan a lot. And so there's a lot of shaved ice in that culture. And then also Hawaii has a lot of shaved ice. So 
we ended up uh, getting a shave ice machine and um, serving, you know, frozen desserts um, just because we felt like we were trying to tap into the customers that we had, maybe coming for a second time during the day or just tapping into some uh, some more customers um, that normally wouldn't come to our shop. And then it's the great fall, to see you smiling. You're smiling. <laughs> And in the fall, we uh, did, we started doing these care packages that kind of came, grew out of what we did for the hospital staff. Um, we were sending uh, care packages to hospital workers, but we also kept getting uh, requests from customers to send it to specific people. You know, maybe they knew a nurse in some other part of the country that they wanted to send. So we just started sending, uh, actually shipping out these care packages, which include baked goods that we make in house, as well as just some. Uh, other fun things. Um, and that really picked up just not necessarily for healthcare workers, just for friends, you know, people have been down and or, or they haven't seen each other in so long, they just wanted to send their friends something. And that has really enabled us to stay alive as well. Of all the businesses in the world, Faith, why did you decide to open a coffee shop? It's a very good question. Um, unlike most people, this wasn't like a dream of mine. I know a lot of people have this dream to open a coffee shop. Um, I never had that dream. I <laughs> didn't really know anything about coffee. I grew up drink, uh, you know, grew up drinking coffee socially. Um, but me and my husband are not affected by caffeine, so we don't need it to wake up in the morning. It doesn't really do anything for us. So we really didn't know anything about coffee. Um, <laughs> the reason why we started a coffee shop was actually I had this idea about four and a half years ago to open a retail shop that provided job trainings or job opportunities for people who have barriers to employment. And that really just came out of a dissatisfaction for what I did for people in the city. We live really close to Penn Station and we're, it's just in our face all the time, like the great need that a lot of New Yorkers have. Um, and I just felt like what I did, um, either helping out a soup kitchen or giving money were just like small, very small band-aids on a huge, a huge problem. And I just had this idea that, oh, if we could offer some job training or job opportunities to people, that might actually make a difference um, in these people's lives. Um, so which is why we even entered the idea of having any sort of retail shop. Um, we ended up going towards coffee after talking to a lot of people in the industry, um, mostly because the job the job training is transferable. You can learn to be a barista in our shop, um, learn the skills uh, needed to make coffee and go to another coffee shop, another restaurant and do a similar job um, and have those skills in place. Neil A. Caruso, producer, joins us in these discussions as well. Neil? So Joe and Faith, uh, you know, enjoying hearing about how you're helping other workers and you're in such a high turnover business. So tell us about how some of them have benefited from this job skills program. Um, honestly, it's, it's a process. Um, people uh, come through our program and, and, you know, we're still learning. This is our first time doing this and we've, we're still con considered a young company. Um, so we're definitely still learning uh, what, how our, how our trainees benefit from it. And every time um, we talk to our trainees, we learn a little bit more. Um, but I think what, what I've uh, realized is that our space is just a safe space for them. Um, it's a place where they can make mistakes and not lose the job or have, you know, terminating effects to it. Um, you know, 
they're they're learning what it means to be an employee, learning what it takes and what responsibilities are important to hold a job. And we allow them to sort of go through that process without the pressure of having to perform at the level we ultimately want them to perform at, um, but allows them to sort of grow into that space. Um, and I think people need that time. Uh, people who haven't had that um, training in their lives need a little bit of time just to learn that. And so I think that's been the, the most beneficial thing is just allowing people to grow into, into what, um, you know, what potential they have. How many workers are on staff? Uh, I assume most of them are younger. Yes. Um, so technically, uh, the number has changed since COVID. Um, during the, uh, the peak of our business, we probably had about 13 employees. And right now we have six. Um, but not all of our employees are trainees. A lot of most of our employees are, um, I guess you would call them regular employees. Um, and then we have the training program that's on the side. Faith, without going into too many personal details, I think people who might like to do something like this wonder what you did before this or how you financially, you and your husband were able to take on a business that also has a social purpose. How, how, how did you do it? Um, so neither my husband or I have a background in hospitality. I was actually an opera singer for 10 years before we opened Bird and Branch, and my husband was in event marketing. But uh, how we financially uh, were able, we have, we have investors. So we have a great group of people who believed in our mission, but also believed in us. Uh, who have invested their money and their and also their time. You know, we have a board and people who give us advice and we can talk things through. Um, but people who are really behind the mission of Burden Branch. And I think that's uh, really what makes uh, our, uh, what made our, our shop successful, at least at the beginning, was just having people who supported the mission behind our shop and were, re were ready to stand behind us and, and you know, uh, give us money to enable to enable to start uh, the business. That's very interesting. How did you find investors and people who believed in your mission? How'd you do that? So honestly, this was not something. Uh, the thought of this kind of like gave me anxiety when we were initially talking about it because I'm not good at uh, asking people for money or selling myself or you know all that thing. All those things are very counterintuitive for me. Um, but I just talked about what we were planning to do a lot. You know, people would ask me what we're doing and, and it was a big part of our lives. And, you know, we were, we were quitting our jobs. We were working at coffee shops to learn the industry. So it was just a part of our big part of our lives. So we were talking about it a lot to just our friends, people, random people we met. And every one of our investors actually approached us about investing. We never pitched anyone. Um, they just were like, hey, this sounds interesting. Like, do you guys need money? Do you guys need investors? And so every single one of them actually came to us. Um, were, and were even there people you knew through opera and events? Um, people we know, like uh, family friends. Uh, we, we attend a church, so a bunch of church friends, um, like friends of friends. Uh, yeah, it's been, it's pretty interesting, just people who are, and even since we've opened, we've gotten even more, uh, you know, even more people asking like, oh, do you, if you guys ever need anything, like, let me know, I'd be happy to invest. Um, so I think, I think it's, you know, people are, people believe in the mission and people believe in, uh, 
giving people an opportunity and would love to, you know, if they're going to invest in something, well, they want to invest in something that gives back. Dave, do you hope to expand at some point or are you going to open another shop? Uh, we would love to expand at some point. Uh, what that looks like, we're not entirely sure, uh, whether that's just opening another Burden branch or, um, or if we want to diversify the job training. Opening another Burden branch would just kind of multiply what we're doing, um, enable us to have more trainees at a given time. But if we were to sort of diversify our training, maybe we go deeper in the industry. Maybe we start roasting or maybe we start, you know, packaging and shipping more. Um, then we can diversify the types of jobs because not everybody wants to be front of house barista. Um, and we understand that. And so we want to, uh, I think our, our hope is that at some point we could uh, allow people to train for other types of jobs. It strikes me that your coffee shop is almost more of a bakery and a coffee shop. Yeah. It, has, it has kind of morphed into that, yes. Um, originally, I so I I have developed most of the recipes for our shop and that, um, but since in the last uh, six months, we've kind of been able to hire a kitchen manager and she has been taking on more of that. But at the beginning, it was all me. And honestly, I'm, I would not profess to be a baker. I didn't enjoy baking until we opened the shop. Um, and it really was out of a necessity. I was in, you know, in my head, like, if we're going to look at the bottom line, I was like, okay, the easy things we should make in house cookies, brownies, um, small things we should do in house. And because we're Asian, I, I thought we should play on our strengths. Um, and do some things that are, you know, Asian inspired. And so that's kind of how things came about. And I, um, yeah, I think I kind of lucked out. I did a lot of research, but I, and a lot of testing and R&D, but um, we did kind of luck out and things really came together and we have a great uh, menu of house-made baked goods now um, that I am quite proud of. Um, and so, yes, so we are kind of a bakery slash coffee shop now, but that was not the, in totally the intention when we first started. That's nice. You know, you said you raised money to start the business by just talking. And the phrase struck out to me because I asked an extremely successful businesswoman in Manhattan one time, I said to her, I said, Lois, how do you, how do you sell? And she looked as if she'd never been asked before. And, and she said, I, I don't know. I just talk. <laughs> and you're a great talker. Oh, thank you. You talk about the mission and the business and the fact that you're still learning it. And it just is very, very effective. Thank you. <laughs> Are you done singing opera or will you go back to that? I don't know. Um, we recently had a baby. So um, <laughs> congratulations. <laughs> thank you. I, I, when we started this business, I wasn't ready to say I was done. Um, I think I don't know if I'll go back to it. It is something that is quite time consuming and requires a lot of practice and rehearsal time. Um, so I, I'm really not sure. I hope to continue singing at some point, but um, only time will tell if that's actually going to happen. Friends, if you're in Midtown, when you're in Midtown, go to 45th and 9th, if you have seen this video, and go in and introduce yourself to Faith Lee 
45th and 9th Bird and Branch Coffee Shop, and we can see that she will give you a warm welcome and be happy to see you. Thanks, Faith. Thank you. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.